Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Boxing fans, we got a couple updates here for this weekend. Uh, some pretty good fights on deck. I want to just reiterate one fight that happened happened over this past week is one of those weird scheduled ones happened on this Wednesday out in Japan. I believe it was uh, Donna Nietes uh, versus Ioka, the rematch. Of course, Ioka got the win by unanimous decision. Donna, both guys are kind of older, but Nietes certainly was on the way out, I believe. And we have to see where he goes from here. But I didn't cover that one because it didn't show up on my radar as happening. But apparently it is what it is. Nietes says he's going to continue boxing. So let's see what happens there. Let's talk about our upcoming fights on schedule. And some of these make me laugh, people. I'm telling you, I got to chuckle. <laughs> I got to chuckle out of some of these. So at the top buildings on ESPN, I believe it's top rank, uh, return to Arnold Barboza Jr. He's facing a guy named Zoridia. I don't know Zoridia. Uh, I've, uh, he's uh, Puerto Rican, I believe. Puerto Rican. This is out in California at the Pachanga Resort and Casino. Uh, super lightweight action. It's a 10-rounder, so it probably won't last too long. These are, both guys are, I think it's pretty much evenly matched for the most part, except that Barboza, of course, has a little bit more experience uh, than Zoridia. I don't believe this fight will last any sort of distance. Uh, My gut tells me that Barboza is going to blow him out uh, inside the distance. That's my gut. Now, Barboza has been going the distance kind of frequently, but you have to look at the guys that he was fighting when he was going the distance, and I think he was just fighting some very, Tough, durable opponents, and that's the reason for what we were seeing. That's my opinion on it. Uh, Barboza is the heavily hyped fighter. He's the guy that everybody's looking at to help lead the division. Uh, He's kind of an exciting type of fighter in style, at least, if nothing else. And, of course, it's going to be a 140-pounder, so it's going to position to see who's next in line to fight some of the top guys at 140 as some of the older class are kind of rolling out, either moving up or retiring. So... I'm going to lean Barboza just because of experience in this one. Uh, doesn't mean I'm undercutting Zorilia. I believe he is a solid fighter. I just, from my eyes, it feels like Barboza is going to be way too much for the guy, is my gut telling me that. Speaking. So then uh, on this same, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's also broadcast by ESPN, but it's in a different zone. So it's happening out of the Dominican Republic. Uh, Eric Rosa, he's coming back. He's fighting Ortega. This is minimum weight. So this is one of those that's, it might not even be telecast, honestly. Sometimes they're not. Uh, I don't even have a broadcast platform for this one. And frankly, this fight doesn't move the needle for me at all. Uh, Roses, he just debuted not long ago. He's a really young kid. Uh, he hasn't been very impressive at all. His opponent, Ortega, he's, I wouldn't call him journeyman, but he's certainly not uh, anywhere close to the level of Rosa. And when you have the minimum weight guys, as you get older, like they're, their peak is like really young, like 29, 28. Uh, Ortega's 32, so I don't expect much out of this fight. It's probably just padding. Uh, they don't, between the two of them, they're more decision fighters. I don't, it, I think it'll be exciting for how long it lasts. I just don't know that it's worth the just dialing in for it unless you just like the minimum weight guys. If you do, that's out there. But again, I don't see that it's broadcast on any platform, and that wouldn't surprise me for the undercards. The fight most people, or I should say the event, most people are probably looking most forward to the return of AKA Cryan Garcia versus Javier Fortuna at lightweight action, crypto.com arena in LA. 
and it has a pretty decent undercar. I'm not going to say it's a great undercar, but it's a decent undercar. We've got some names that are worth talking about. Let's talk about the head fight here. Javier Fortuna, I don't know. It, it seems like he he's not a terrible fighter at all. He's a good fighter. I just It feels like people overrate him in my mind, where he's kind of considered this strong test for Ryan Garcia. I'm not saying he's not a test. And he's Southpaw. That's going to play some factor. We see that Ryan's had a little bit of difficulty with Southpaws before. But everything else, to me, leans Ryan in terms of speed, in terms of age, in terms of reach, in terms of height. Like, I feel like this was a, it feels like a cherry pick, frankly, to me, to get Ryan back on deck. And that's fine because he hasn't had any, he's been out for a while. He had his, allegedly, his mental issues and everything else. I think he had a kid. Like, there's all these things that were going. And so it's fine to give him a soft touch as coming back. I just feel like they could have done a little bit better than this. The one thing that leans in Fortuna's favor is experience. Fortuna has a lot more experience as a pro than Ryan could ever dream of by far. Um, I think Fortuna is a very decent level test for Ryan Garcia. So I want to make sure people are not trying to switch it that I'm dissing on Fortuna. I'm not. I'm saying that I think levels in age, height, reach, um, power. There's just all these different dimensions I think Ryan has to lean on. Now, if Ryan gets in there and he struggles with Javier Fortuna, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't cause me to say Ryan got exposed or any of that because Fortuna does have the tendency to cause guys to look less than the best when he's in there. So I'm not, again, dissing on him. I just think that Garcia's better. Here's the one catch here. When Ryan Garcia switched to Joe Guzan as a trainer, it seems like Joe Guzan, either because of the way he works or whatever it is, Ryan Garcia has not looked impressive. The last fight he did a comeback, he didn't look all that good. He went to the distance, and it wasn't like he had any hard time, but it seemed like he was nowhere near the fighter that got him any sort of notoriety in the first place. And so then the problem is Ryan's been heavily hyped. He's been heavily promoted to help lead the division, and he's been left behind. If you think about it, everybody else in his division has excelled other than him. At this point, that's where we're at, including CM Punk Cambosos, who came out of nowhere and shocked the world, and he has it in the history books that he was a unified champion. Of some note, he wasn't fully unified, but he was a unified champion of multiple divisions. And then, of course, you got Devin Haney, who is now truly the, the guy in the division. So he's made a name for himself. Tank Davis is still rated at 135. I believe he holds a regular title at 135. Like, everybody else around Ryan Garcia has done something to step up and make a name for themselves other than Ryan. And I don't know if it's just the promotion got to him or the excessive amounts of hype and chill got to him or his social media because... Ryan is heavily social media, unfortunately, as a young kid, where it's like a Broner effect, right? Where he's not really focusing on the craft like he really needed to. I don't know if it's that. The fallout with Canelo, like there's all these things that are smoke around Ryan. I'm not dismissing skill. I am saying that Ryan's been dropped before. Ryan's been hurt before. He didn't look good his last outing. And if anybody could upset Ryan, it would be Javier Fortuna. I simply don't see it happening is all I'm saying there. We'll have to wait and see. Time's going to tell. And hopefully I get proven wrong. Uh, flyweight. This is on the undercard. This is on the zone, by the way. Undercard, flyweight action. Uh, Ricardo Santoval. San, yeah, Sandoval. Sorry, not Santoval. Sandoval, Ricardo. I don't know these as flyweights. Um, I don't know much about uh, Sandoval. I do know that Sandoval, as a fighter, has he has a presence about him that I think his eyes are on him to fight some of the top guys in the division. That's all I really know about that fight. So he'll be in action. 
Uh, Lamont Roach, he's making his return at super featherweight action. Lamont Roach is another decent fighter, not a great fighter. He's a decent fighter. I don't think he's one of those that's not, he's not going to really impress, like stand out in a crowd. He's just one of those solid hands kind of gatekeeper level. So I'm not really rating him or his fights. And the guys, these guys are fighting are unknowns, at least to me. The one that stands out is the return of Alexis Rocha. Alexis Rocha, of course, was known for his absolute shocking destruction of Raleigh, uh, excuse me, not Raleigh, uh, <laughs> Blair the Flair Cobbs very recently. And Cobbs was trying to get a rematch against Rocha uh, that apparently is still in negotiations, has not happened. I said that Rocha up to that point had never performed the way I saw him perform against Blair Cobbs. It just wasn't part of his profile, but I think it, it gave him a, now this position where he is now a name and Let's be honest, he has Blair Cobbs to thank for that. The exposure that this guy is really something, he's here and he's going to do a, do a thing here. Rocha admitted that, you know, he was, apparently, he could have done Blair a lot sooner. He could have gotten it earlier, uh, but he didn't let his hands go. And then later he just said, you know what, let me step up. My, my trainer's kind of yelling at me. And then we saw what happened here. What I was told here, and this is kind of weird, what I was told is that apparently, this fight he's about to, is about to have on his comeback uh, was, a, was supposed to be somebody else, and then it was a swap. That's what I'm hearing. When then they were talking about, okay, what, what do we need to do now going forward? And where do both guys go? We don't have that answer. We know that Blair Cobbs is trying to negotiate to get back in the ring uh, with Rocha for a rematch, run it back, see what happens there. Meanwhile, Rocha's kind of moving on. He's doing his thing, and, and we'll see where he goes uh, moving forward, and hopefully he keeps that style because I thought it was a good style fit for him. BT Sport out in the UK is at the Copper Box Arena in London. Uh, it's for regional titles at super middleweight action. We got Lennox Clark, uh, Heffron. I don't know Heffron. Lennox Clark, I'm not aware of specific, specifically as a fighter. On the undercard, we have Hamza Shiraz. That's middleweight action. And then we have Nick Ball. I've never heard of either guy. And I don't know their opponents at all. So I want to point out a couple of things here. While these events don't sound on the surface that exciting, the thing is, is that a lot of these are positioning for who's next in their respective divisions. So at super lightweight, we know all the guys that are there kind of fighting each other. And that's the one division where we do see guys fighting each other other than super flyweight. So seeing Barboza and see how he fits in that picture, or does Aurelia go out? and do, shock the world, what's going to happen there. We see the return of Ryan Garcia. Is he able to still make a name for himself at lightweight? Is he still in the mix, or is he on the decline? What's going on there? Javier Fortuna, is he still a player? Like, these top billing fights are really telling us what's going on with these two divisions that happen to be some of the hottest in the current state of boxing. And then Rocha just happened to stand out when he destroyed Blair Cobbs, and at welterweight, we know that we pretty much have two fights remaining that we've not seen yet, or I should say fights between three opponents that we've not seen yet. And I'm talking, when I say opponents, no, like NSB is talking about boots and I'm not talking about these, these prospect level guys. I'm talking the established, the establishment. We need to see Spence versus Crawford. Ideally, we should see Crawford versus Thurman. Ideally, we should see Spence versus Thurman. And the reason I'm saying that Thurman, I think should be in the mix is that Thurman in his fight against Mario Barrios, showed that at least he's back, and he was at one point. He never lost the title legit in the ring, and I think he deserves a shot 
against whoever. I would have liked to have seen Thurman fight Crawford and then the winner of that go on to get a guaranteed shot at Spence. That's what I would have liked to have seen using the WBA as leverage. But because Crawford holds the WBO, it wasn't going to happen. That means Thurman had to go to WBO. He didn't want to do that. I don't even think he's ranked there. So I understand the situation. I just wish that it would have been better for the establishment folks. Because now you got guys like Rocha. If he goes out there and makes another name for himself, we got now another player in the mix. And now you got Virgil Ortiz still out there. Then you bring in somebody like a Boots. And then you got a Rocha's out there. Stangonia, you know, Buteyev. You got all these names that are kind of up and coming that will comprise the next dimension of the welterweight division. So this weekend's set of fights to me is more about who's up and coming in the next generation of these fighters. And then how do they look and are they ready for what we see? And in the past compares to today, how are we looking? Are we going forward? Or are we moving backward? I got to call out one fight. It's not happening this weekend. I don't think, I think it's happening next week. Yeah. It's happening Wednesday and next week. I got to call it out because I thought I laughed when I saw this business. It doesn't surprise me, man, but I was, it does surprise me. So in a previous, I talked about how uh, Juan Hang Mini Yilton was making a return and he was going to fight finally after he had taken that loss that took away when people were calling him the next TDE and all this other stuff. Well, now Juan Hang Mini Yilton, he's fighting again on the 20th. Now, Juan Hang Mini Yilton had taken another loss. So he took that first loss that took, it was Pradabsri, I believe it was, that took his O and then he fought. Um, Knockout CP Freshmart, I'm pretty sure it was. And then he lost again, second time. They're running it back. So now we've got Knockout CP Freshmart and Juan Hang Mini Yothan are fighting again here on the 20th, which is Wednesday. I found that very funny <laughs> because, again, with Mini Yothan, it's like, dude, you're just getting right back in the freaking ring right after this thing had happened. I was. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. These guys are just so exciting. It's just, but it's so frustrating because his career has been mismanaged one thing. So if you are interested in those minimum weight guys, that's the fight that might be worth watching on Wednesday. And I won't be covering it this weekend. That's all we got for the weekends of fights. Stay tuned. I'll probably check in probably Saturday or Sunday. See where we're at after the fact.